What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 35 of Stick to Football. I'm Matt Miller, joined as always by my buddy Connor Rogers uh, up in New York. I don't know about you, Connor. I had to turn the seat warmers on this morning. I had to pull off a coat, um, freezing my tail. It's off raining a little here. Bit. Yeah, it's. I walked down in the rain from Columbus Circle oh, today. God, that's Not, brutal. Yeah, it's cold and rainy, but I mean, welcome to December. Uh, kind of sucks. But what doesn't suck is that we are at show 35 and we are still rocking and rolling, dude. I felt like after five, they would cancel us. So I'm really yeah, <laughs> not only did we not get canceled, but we now have a second show on Fridays. So yeah, it's a lot it of just fun. keeps blowing up. We're going to have a lot for the Senior Bowl. And we got a lot today because, as always, we're going to go around the league, starting off with a very interesting New York Giants situation as something that we've been pushing for, Matt, is them cleaning house. We'll give you a college player to know. We got an interview with Marius Randall. Thanks to Matt hooking it up there. And, of course, we'll close things out with draft on draft. Yeah, Demarius is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he's going to really push his uh, Pro Bowl resume on you guys, so be sure to stick around for that. But you nailed it, man. We have been pushing for months for the New York Giants to clean house. We've said it on the show. We've both said it on Twitter. Like Every opportunity Bleach Report gives me to talk, this is what I've been saying lately. I, I, I mean, we all knew that McAdoo was going to be fired at some point, so it was kind of, I guess the timing was a little surprising, but not shocking because I think Adam Schefter had come out Sunday and said, hey, this could happen in the next 24 hours. Jerry Reese going down is, I think, very justified, but I was a little surprised they went ahead and did that. Uh, let's talk about how this relates to our jobs as NFL draft guys. One thing that we have talked about before on the show, but I want to reiterate this, for years, I've been, I've been at Bleach Report for seven years, and I've always been told that there are a couple jobs in the NFL that if they open up, you'll see the top candidates from around the league try to get that job. And the Giants have always been in that select group with like the Steelers, the Packers. It's these legacy teams with great ownership where there's a ton of stability. And so you look at this, and now I do think we're going to see a lot of the guys who have said in the past, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not interested. Whether that's Eric DaCosta at Baltimore, Wherever that might be, Elliot Wolf from Green Bay, if he doesn't feel like Ted Thompson's going to back out of that spot soon, he could actually leave there and take a job. So there are a lot of names. And I, I know I said before a couple weeks ago on the show, when we were together in New York, I said, Giants fans should shoot for the stars. You don't have to settle for that. You don't have to settle for a dick or dirt cutter here. Like you can, you should be able to land an A1 GM and head coach. So I know you you have two guys you've been pushing. So I want to give you the floor to to make your case for these guys. Yeah, because I think, like you, that the Giants can go really get almost anyone they want. And I think the big one at GM would be Eric DaCosta from Baltimore, a yeah. guy that's been you know kind of sitting behind Ozzie Newsom, but he has a bigger voice there than people realize. And he makes probably GM dollars almost there because he's been there so long. Teams have you know, tried to poach him. He's turned down a lot of interviews over the past couple of years for GM jobs. I believe the Jets was actually one of them. I don't think he would turn down an interview for the New York Giants, and I think he'd be a really good fit. And I think also DaCosta is a guy that, you know, he can bring the power of getting a guy like Josh McDaniels, which, I mean, I, I, I know people are mixed on McDaniels. They wonder how much of an influence is he over in New England, but I think McDaniels is ready to give head coaching another crack, and I think he would bounce back really good. I think the easy part with the New York Giants is figuring out getting one of the top GMs, whether it's Eric DaCosta. I know you're going to talk a little about Elliot Wolf. You know, obviously Dorsey and Gettleman are two names that were let go by their previous teams but probably have some ties there. 
So it's going to be really interesting for the New York Giants heading into this offseason because they have the chance to go get a big name, and I fully expect Acosta to at least interview there, and that would be the guy I would personally hire. Yeah, I love it. And I, I was asked yesterday if someone, if Mark Ross, who was kind of the, the guy underneath uh, Jerry Reese, would have a shot there. He'll probably have a shot to interview. I, I had been told this is going to be a complete house cleaning. So if DaCosta won't leave because Ozzie Newsom is getting older there, my first choice would be Nick Casario, who's the Patriots director of player personnel. I, he's another guy, though, that I've been told has no interest in leaving. And then you go to someone like Will McClay who's the Cowboys, basically GM, um, even though Jerry and Steven Jones kind of run the team. Will McClay, like you said, kind of like DaCosta, is probably making GM money. He's got a good spot there. He's very I, good, too, from a Very good. Together, yeah. But Elliot Wolf, who's the Packers director of football operations, is probably the best hire you can make of someone who's likely to leave. He's young. His father is Ron Wolf, who is... Uh, in this industry, looked at as a like a god because of what he did, not only with the Packers, but a lot of the like scouting philosophy that we all use today came from Ron Wolf. So he's really been a trendsetter uh, in this industry. And then I, I think when you look at Elliot, highly, highly recommended as a guy, as a leader, as a thinker, uh, incredibly intelligent. So he is someone that I would put up on this list. And and not to toot our own horns, but when we started this podcast a year ago. We kept pushing one guy, Brett Veach. Now he's the Chiefs GM. So, like, there, when you talk to people in the NFL, there's always this like list of, well, this, it, this guy's next, then this guy, then this guy, then this guy. Wolf has been at the top of that list. He just hasn't wanted to make that jump to the NFL. So, he is someone I think they could get. Now, on the coaching front, you mentioned Josh McDaniel, which is very, very interesting. I, I do think he's probably the top candidate. In what I have said is a down coaching market after last year where we, you know, we saw Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay get jobs. I don't know that there's a there's not that guy this year where it's like, oh man, you you know, you gotta wait and get this guy. Josh McDaniels is is absolutely up there though. Um Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator, is up there. But those those were, you know, a lot of the top dudes like Vance Joseph got a job last year and Sure, he might be on the way out already, but I, I could definitely see the Giants going young with a combo of Elliott Wolf and Josh McDaniels. The thing to keep an eye on, when McDaniels was interviewing with the 49ers for that head coaching job, it was rumored, at least, that ESPN's Lewis Riddick would be coming with him as general manager because they were kind of letting the head coach pick who he would work with, trying to go for that like Pete Carroll symmetry with John Schneider. So that's one to keep an eye on. Lewis Riddick... Um, is great on ESPN. He has a ton of experience in the NFL, and apparently he's the kingmaker with Josh McDaniels where he can be the dude who delivers him. So that's a name to to keep an eye on. I don't know about I, Mike Mayock has been rumored. You know, he's the NFL Network. He was rumored for the Washington job. I wouldn't be surprised if his name pops up in this whole deal, um, but who you know who knows if that's if there's anything real to that. There's also one thing I want to revisit while we're on the New York Giants topic. Going back to when we did our fixing segment on the Giants, you said something very interesting that you had heard that there was no guarantee Odell Beckham's future was in New York, and it was mutual. There was some you know weird feelings from the Giants about giving him big-time money, and there was some weird feelings from Odell Beckham's party and himself about staying there for the long term. Now, some people at the time probably said, you're crazy. Some people at the time, their eyebrows probably raised and said, wow, that's pretty interesting. I found yesterday's comments 
from John Mara saying that he expects Odell Beckham to be a part of the future, but it kind of remains uncertain depending on who they bring in. Fascinating. Because I don't really think there was any need to say that. And I think that shows that your report slash comments earlier in the year from that show, there's it, they hold a lot of weight. I think it's very uncertain what happens with Odell Beckham, who is arguably a top three overall player in the NFL when healthy in New York right now. It's fascinating to me. He's And he had an interesting rant yesterday that he's held to a double standard on his sideline antics compared to Tom Brady. It just seems like where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think it depends on who comes in there. But I still, just to go back to something you said, I think it's very true that there's no guarantee that Odell Beckham is penciled in to be with the Giants the next eight years. I I'm, I know I said it on that on the fixing the Giants today. Everybody told me I was crazy, but there, it's like not. you said, there's yep. some smoke there, and I I do think that one thing that will happen with whomever they bring in, that person is going to have to be able to make this roster accountable because one thing that is obvious is that McAdoo lost this roster. I mean, the defense just gave up. So that's where I could see someone like Jim Schwartz making sense because he is, you know, like these, it's like when you break up with a girl, like if you dated a blonde and broke up with her, your next girlfriend's probably going to be a brunette. Like you kind of always go to like the the polar opposite of what you were yep. doing before. The NFL does the same thing. Like if you hire a, an, if you fire an offensive specialist, usually hire a defensive specialist. So I could see them going with someone like Schwartz, who's also, I mean, he's a little stricter. He's going to demand accountability, and that's something this roster needs. But as far as Odell goes, what I the the thing that I guess I could say this now because Jerry Reese has been fired, but the thing that prompted me to say that back when we did the fixing the Giants segment was that they haven't tried to re-sign him long term, and like, his contract's coming up. And I know that they have like the option for another year, but you know, talking to people in his camp, it was always like, man, we don't know if we're going to be here because these guys don't seem to want us. So hopefully, you know, John Mara, who's, you know, co-owner, um, and they hopefully they figure it out and make make him a priority because like you said, he's a top three player. And and not to go, you know, down this rabbit hole, but I completely agree with him about the double standard. And I, I love Tom Brady. He's my second favorite player of all time behind Jerry Rice. I absolutely love Brady. I think he's the best quarterback of all time probably the best player of all time, Odell is right. Because if he did that, if he went off on Ben McAdoo the way Brady went off on Josh McDaniels, it would lead the news for a week. And I, I guess there's the argument that, well, Tom is a Hall of Famer and he's won five Super Bowls, and so he can get away with that. But, man, it, it definitely feels like a double standard. Yeah, I agree. And I think you and I have tend to lean on the defending side of Odell Beckham. Um, you know, just because he's a star and he's emotional, but I think a lot of his emotions are well-intended. And I, I just find it really interesting. The Giants, this to me, as long as I've been alive, is the most interesting New York Giants offseason that I've oh, yeah. ever seen. And you talk about, you said, prestigious franchises in the NFL. This is one of them. And what they what happens in not only the next couple of weeks, but next couple of months is so fascinating because if they do win a couple of games here, they fall out of the Darnold and Rosen conversation, and that changes what the new GM can work with, assuming that they don't trade up, or teams at the top might not really be willing to trade out. So the Giants have so much ahead of them, but you know, just put a couple candidates in front of you Giants fans. I think those are really the guys at GM. Head coaching is a little more volatile. I said a dark horse candidate, and this is a guy that Matt has brought up well before me, 
But and I don't think this will be the hire, but I think it would actually be a pretty good one for what they need would be Mike Vrabel because I think they oh, need a guy yeah. that's Damn. <laughs> a di- they they need a disciplinarian, but they also need a guy that's younger and relates to the players. And I think what that what they have in place with the defense is a really good fit. And I I just think that if you want to go a different route, I think Vrabel would be a really good option. It would surprise me coming from the New York Giants. I think we'll see another team take that risk and roll the dice on Vrabel because he's, I don't want to say unproven, but the resume is not as long as some of the other candidates that are going to be up on the coaching candidate block. You know, I honestly thought that Vrabel might get mentioned for some college jobs because he has that experience at Ohio State. Um, where he was like a defensive coordinator and a, a hell of a recruiter. I was just um, if say, you talk to like recruit. Noah Spence, like Noah Spence, yep, loves him. And so some of the the guys they brought in that recruiting class, uh, you know, with Bosa and, and that has Vrabel's fingerprints all over it. So I wouldn't, I don't know where he ends up. I mean, he, you know, he interviewed for the Niners defensive coordinator job when Chip Kelly was there and turned it down. Uh, didn't think he was ready to move the family. Now he's the Texans defensive coordinator, and they've been dealt a rough hand this year with injuries on defense. I mean, and on offense with, with Deshaun out, but it, he is, that's, that's an interesting name. It would be a crazy fit. Uh, let's transition here and talk about the senior bowl. Uh, Phil Savage and his crew, they've been announcing uh, the last three weeks. Now, every Monday, they announce a handful of senior bowl uh, attendees, guys who have accepted the invite. And we should preface this guys always drop out. Whether yes. it's due to injury, which is what you hope. Like, okay, if a guy's going to drop out, hopefully it's because he's hurt. It used to be guys would just drop out because they didn't want to go. Then Phil put some people on blast, and that has kind of stopped. That's kind of dried up a little bit. But I am excited about this group uh, overall. I think so far it looks like a very good senior bowl class. The one thing that that specifically caught my attention, and I tweeted about this on Monday morning, was four quarterbacks have accepted invites. Kyle Laletta from Richmond, who is a, I really like him as a sleeper quarterback. Mike White, Western Kentucky, another guy in my top 10. Luke Falk, Washington State, and Kurt Benkert from Virginia. So the names that I didn't just list, Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph, and Josh Allen is set to graduate this month. So technically he can't be invited yet until he graduates, but I've been assured he's going to be invited. So if they should go. if they bring six quarterbacks like normal, and Josh Allen, Mason Rudolph, and Baker Mayfield are still out there. Who's not coming? Would it be Baker? Because he, there's like this thought that oh, he's probably going to be a first-round pick. I think they all need to be there. I think Baker should be there. I think Josh Allen should be there. I think Mason Rudolph should be there. I think they can all help their stock tremendously by going to Mobile for a week, throwing in front of 32 teams, showing how they can operate in an NFL offense, showing those coaches who the Senior Bowl coaches are the two worst teams in the NFL that don't fire their coaches, will be there. So you probably assume that Kyle Shanahan will be one of the coaches because the Niners be only have two wins. It's going to be fucking amazing watching That's Kyle amazing. Shanahan work with those quarterbacks all week. So no, they're not going to draft a quarterback, but other teams will be. So I guess if, you know, we've we've had Josh Allen on this show. Um, there's a We're working on getting Baker Mayfield on. There's a, a great chance that's going to happen. If those guys are listening to this, please, please, please go to Mobile. Not for me. Go for you because I think you're going to make yourself a ton of money by going down there. Just like Carson Wentz did. Just like Derek Carr did. Like this is a, just like Russell Wilson did. It's, it's such a great atmosphere for those guys, especially to answer a lot of the questions and quiet some of the doubters. And also, wasn't Watson eligible 
to go. He was, yeah. And because so, they went through that playoff run. Yes. And, so that was his reason. And I got it. He was like, shit, I just beat Alabama and Ohio State. You want me to go carve <laughs> up some dude from, you know, Samford? Like, come on. I, I kind of got I it. Still, I mean, I got it at the time, but my argument for it is I go back. I, th- I still think he would have went higher if he went. It's crazy. I agree. I know. I agree with you. Is all about momentum, and these are two very different prospects, but I'm going to use a weird comparison for draft momentum. Carson Wentz, a couple of years ago, was a guy that over summer, we said, hey, this guy can be a really nice second-round project pick because his upside is insane. And then you watch him when he came back from injury that year for South Dakota State, and he just is the part. You're like, okay, Carson Wentz might be going in the back end of round one because he's really physically talented, and it's starting to come together faster than we expected. Then Carson Wentz goes to the Senior Bowl, and everybody falls in love with Carson Wentz, the person, Carson Wentz, the player, the athlete, everything about him. And next thing we know, Carson Wentz goes second overall. Yep. Baker Mayfield is not going to have necessarily the same physical ability or presence that Wentz had, but if Baker Mayfield, even if he doesn't win a game in the playoff, his momentum has gone from a day three afterthought that went back to school to a mid-round, you know, third-round, late second-round player that might be able to carve out a nice Case Keenum-like career. Now Baker Mayfield has found his way into the first-round conversation. If Baker Mayfield goes through the Senior Bowl and everyone goes, hey, this guy that we thought had character concerns or off-the-field problems actually is just super passionate, loves football, everyone around him just falls in love with the guy, and he's got a way better arm than we thought, then Baker Mayfield might be st- talked about going into the top 10. And then teams start to panic that they won't be able to get him where they thought, and teams start to make moves into the top 10, and Baker Mayfield solidifies himself as a top 10 pick, not just a chance. That's my argument with the Senior Bowl, is that it takes the momentum curve to a totally different level. Yeah, and one thing that, another thing, I mean, it's kind of like momentum, is that it only takes one team. And I know that's such a boring cliche, but it's true. It's so true. If you're Baker Mayfield and there are going to be questions about you're too short, you're a little immature, all you have to do is in, is prove to one team that you're the guy. You, the New York Jets right now pick, what, 10th in the draft? Yeah. All you have to do is is convince Mike McCagnan and Todd Bowles and the rest of that executive staff that, hey, man, I am built for New York. I have the character. I have the work ethic. I have the swag that your team feeds off of right now, I can be your guy. You can do that in Mobile, and you're the number 10 pick in the draft. We've seen it before with guys. Blake Bortles wasn't at the Senior Bowl, but we saw Dave Caldwell fall in love with Blake Bortles and say, you know what? All my scouts tell me I should draft Teddy Bridgewater. I don't care. I love this kid. I'm going to draft him. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But And if you're Mason Rudolph, who has amazing numbers, exceptional numbers, and looks like he was like built by Hollywood to play quarterback, go down there and show that you can thrive outside of your system and show that you're you know, not just Mike Gundy's system quarterback. I think it's a great opportunity for all those guys. And for Josh Allen, we have spoken at length about why it's important for him because he is a traits-based projection project. You know, So it's all about like what he can be, not what he is. Come show what you can be. No one expects you to hit every pass, but we just want to see you get better every day. And we also want to see that arm because his right arm is the, I've said before, he has the strongest arm I've ever seen. And I've been doing this since, what, 2011. So 
go down there and show it off. No one, we know your flaws, man. The, going to Mobile, I don't think you're going to hurt your stock. I, I really do think you can only help it because if you have a flaw, we've already seen it. It's already on tape. We've already accounted for it. But just and come show your work ethic. He's going to be throwing to better players than what he played with all year. Holy shit. He could throw to me, <laughs> you, and Mello would be yep, throwing to I'll better players. <laughs> I mean, it would be like the Patriots offense, you know. Like it really would. <laughs> oh, man. Short white guys. But yeah, we could at That's least catch great. the ball. So No, it's true. I, the Senior Bowl is going to be a lot of fun this year. We got a crew going down there. We keep saying, you know, st- if you're going to be there, stop by and say hi to us. And I know for the people that are asking, well, where are you going to be? We'll definitely update you when we get down there, whatever bars are hanging out. Uh, I say it will be a bar. It will so. be a bar. Um, it's going to be, I mean, the, I like the roster. I, it was funny. I was just reading the updates this morning, and I was starting to call it like the all-Miller team because I feel like we've hot, we've spotlighted so many of these guys. Marcel Aitman, yeah. Kalen Balaj, a lot of guys that have like a way more potential than some, I mean, some of them have really had the production too. I, Luke Falk, obviously, mixed feelings on him, but he's produced at times. Harold Landry going down there is a chance for him to show, hey, I am the guy. You all talked about me over summer as being the best pass rusher. Now it's been Bradley Chubb's floor all year. Yep. Harold Landry could be like, hey, I'm the guy. And I hope Bradley Chubb also goes. I, I really do. I don't think he needs to, to be honest with you, but for selfish reasons, I'd love to see him there. Um, I mean, the list goes on. I'm not going to read the whole thing. A guy that we got to see in person, Kamoko Ture from Rutgers. I'm glad he's going. Me too, because when we saw him in person this year, we said, man, he's fallen off the map the last couple of years, but he shows something on the field. He's still explosive. So let's go get him down in Mobile, Alabama and have him play against some quality linemen and hopefully have some production to put his name back out there. It's going to be, it's going to be a really good year in Mobile this year, and we're going to be doing a show every day after practice. It's going to be wild. It's going to be, It's like you said, we have a crew going. It's going to be me, you, Mello, who's on the Friday show, Kennedy, who's on the end of the show on Wednesdays, and then uh, Dan, uh, my assistant, who's gone with us for probably three or four years now. So it is going to be a lot of fun um, and a lot of work as well. Mostly fun, but a lot of work. Uh, let's uh, Before we do our college player to know, It's kind of insane that neither of us have a Heisman vote because everyone, it seems like, has a Heisman vote. I see all these guys tweeting about, I submitted my Heisman vote. I'm like, dude, you don't even watch college football. It it is frustrating. That's why it's such a shit show every year. A lot of voting is. Hall of Fame voting. You see some people with ballots. I mean, we don't have to get on the whole let's shit on everyone, even though I'd like to. It's just like, it is insane. I think the show is the best one where both pissed off though so 100 yeah, don't, don't hold back don't worry That's you're, not, true. you're not gonna scare me away so let's talk heisman finalist it's baker mayfield lamar jackson and bryce love is there it's any ba- <laughs> is there any doubt it's baker right it's baker mayfield than everybody else i mean this thing ain't even close like uh, baker has just been such a stud this year for oklahoma um i think when you look at his numbers they're insane you look at his play they're insane i think he's the most fun player to watch in college football although i will say Lamar Jackson is electric. He really is. That's the best word for him. He's electric, but Oklahoma has had such a better season, and that's always going to propel this guy to the top. I think we should talk about Bryce Love because he's the mystery man, right? You know how many Bryce Love questions I get? And I hate to be the guy to... I always start the rant with, he's 190 pounds. I get it, too. I have a bet, a standing bet with some dude on Twitter... He said Bryce Love will be more productive than Saquon Barkley in the NFL. I was like, sure, man. Oh, man. And he was like, well, what do I have to give you if uh, I lose? I was like, nothing, because you're going to lose, and I don't want to do that to you. Like, you're probably like a college kid. I don't want to take your tuition money. Yeah, Bryce Love's so, 190, maybe. 
Yeah, he claims he's more, but and then he's listed less. So, so if you're I think that he, small, and I know he's a track guy, here's the one thing that I've never seen him do that you have to do if you're a small running back in the NFL: catch the ball. He doesn't. Do we it. don't know. We just don't he had know. Six catches this year, and it's and not the, the offense because Christian that's McCaffrey what I was got say. like ninety. That's so, what I don't understand is you can't make that argument because McCaffrey was exactly. catching everything in his way. So there's a reason they don't use him there. I will say this about Bryce Love. He has superb vision. I mean, elite yeah. vision. But you're not handing the ball 30 times a game in the NFL. No, I think he's more of like a gadget guy. Like, And that's not bad. Like Those guys can have a lot of success. But he might be Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it uh, in terms of touches and usage. Yeah. Like Cohen's okay. better, a more proven pass catcher, and but yeah, it, it, I just want to get it off the top that like Bryce Love because he deserves to be at the, a Heisman finalist, a hundred percent amazing season. He's not in the Darius Geis Saquon Barkley conversation. Just to make that clear, it's not no, happening. it's not happening. And I don't think he's in the Ronald Jones, Karen no. Johnson, Damian Harris no. conversation. Rashad no, Penny tier- is ahead of him for me. He's not tier two. He's he's borderline tier three, yeah. And this is right. a deep running back class, so like that's nothing to to laugh at. That's still very good. It's just the fact that when you, I think he's maxed out that frame, I think he'll play at two hundred pounds in the NFL, and he's got to show that he's a pass catcher to be a third down back. I agree. You know, what I actually really really like that we've not talked about, and this has nothing to do with the Heisman. Just for the record, I would vote for Baker Mayfield if they gave me a vote. Same. I love Sony Michelle at Georgia, and I. I get asked a lot about Nick Chubb, and I'm always like, what about Sonny Michelle? Like, I love the way he plays the game. He has, he's a great receiver out of the backfield. He has the ability to shake guys. He's 215, so he has a little bit of power to his frame. So I really, really like Sonny Michelle. I was going to say, Michelle to me, in a Georgia backfield that has two guys ready to play in the NFL, a guy behind them in Swift that's just unbelievable. He, Sony Michelle is one of the most underrated prospects in this year's draft. I agree. I would put him in the end of the second round right now. I don't think he goes there from who, who I've talked to about it, but I would put him at the end of the second round. I would take him there easily and watch next year. He'll be one of the best rookie running backs because he's pro ready. He's healthy. Well, he's gotten banged up recently, but in terms of when you compare him to Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb has that lingering, awful knee injury suffered where Michelle's medicals will be a little more clean. Yeah, it definitely will be. And I, I I, mean, like you said, Swift is the dude. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, before we take our first break and before we get to Marius Randall on here, let's start college player to know we both went deep into the, the weeds this week. And what's funny is, for people who don't know, we don't talk about these things before. You know, like nope. a lot of times I go dark on Mondays and like you and I don't talk a whole lot because I'm either trying to catch up from the weekend or I'm traveling home. Or like yesterday, I get a surprise day off, and I'm like, let's get out of here. Uh, so, And then I look at the doc in the morning, and I'm, we both went with unconventional college players to know this week. So uh, I'll, I'll go first. My dude, Dimitri Flowers, is a fullback from Oklahoma. And if love you've, fullback a lot. I love fullbacks. So if you've listened to the show very much, you know that I have like a love for the fullback position. Uh, we always talk about like the return of smash mouth football. Dimitri Flowers is a guy who's going to bring it back, but he's also a very good receiver out of the backfield. So he is definitely a guy that I'll be all over. Uh, he's going to be at the Senior Bowl, but he he moves all over that offense. I mean, he plays out of the backfield. He plays flexed out. He plays in like a true H-back position. 
So, I, you know, people ask us a lot about Jalen Samuels at NC State. I, I think Dimitri Flowers is a very similar guy, but bigger, like a truer fullback. To our, I mean, he's 240, so he's going to be able to run over people, open holes as a blocker, and I think he's draftable at the fullback position, which is pretty damn rare these days. Is he FB1? Oh, yeah. yeah. Love that. Love yeah. it. Love him. So I, I went with a guy that declared yesterday in Quadri Henderson from Pitt. Now, Henderson's such an interesting player because not only did he leave early, but he wasn't a super productive wide receiver. He's a near elite returner, both kicks and punts. I believe he brought a couple of kicks back to the house last year. This year, he has returned two punts for touchdowns. The reason Henderson is interesting is because he will probably be a return specialist and gadget player, jet sweeps, reverses, screens. And I think he's going to time around a 4-3-8, 4-3-7. So when you're looking for a lot of teams say, hey, who are the return specialists this year? Or who's just an explosive player that can really rise? He's small, but when he's going to test, I think, track speed. And I thought I thought it was kind of interesting to see a guy like that declare early, but I still think he could go in the fourth or fifth round because the bottom line is there's team so many teams each year that are looking for returners and are just looking for speed. I love it. And I'm all like we get asked all the time, hey, who are the good returners in this class? Who are the guys that, you know, can make a difference? And I always like so Dante Pettis at Washington. This mm-hmm. is a great one though. This is a great ad because he can help you add a little bit of everything. And like do it all guys sometimes get a, a bad rack, you know, of like, oh, well, you know, master of no, you know, jack of all trades, master of none type thing. I don't, I don't get that feeling with Henderson. I think he can be a top tier return man and help you at receiver if, if that's where you want him. I think punt returns matter more than ever right now. When you're talking about flipping field position or just getting points outside of the offensive play, I mean, look at Tariq Cohen's punt return this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you just there, it changes the game so much that where I think it's worth rostering a return specialist if he can really change field position for you. And I, I think Henderson is that guy. I love it, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun class. Like as we dive into it more, we're seeing these guys that are like, okay, um, it, this guy, this is where he fits. So they might not be super high on a you know top to bottom board like a one to three hundred ranking. But then you start to see where their value is, where they fit in an offense, or where they fit on special teams and defense. That's kind of the stuff that I nerd out about because like anybody can have a ranking, but it, this is kind of like that deeper level stuff of, okay, well, this is where I see this guy playing. This is where he can make a big impact. But like you said, with Henderson, I mean, he is little. Like Size is probably the only question that, that I'm going to have about him because he's, what is he, 5'8", 170, is that right? Yeah, he's he's listed five nine one eighty, which means you just nailed what he actually. Oh, okay. Is. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, well, it's you, you know it's December when you and I are getting into fullbacks and return specialists. Like we're officially in it right now. We spent the whole summer going super generic. Here's the top guys. We spent all fall saying, okay, here's position group players. It is December, and Matt and I are doing fullbacks and return specialists, and it's only going to get more <laughs> in the weeds as we go on. It absolutely is. All right, let's take a break. I need to put new batteries in the recorder so that we can get Demarius Randall on here. Uh, we'll have him. We're going to talk a lot about the Packers. We're going to talk a lot about him shutting down Deshaun Jackson, uh, his Pro Bowl resume that he's out there pushing. And then we'll bring our intern, Kennedy, who was, by the way, just named Big Sky MVP for volleyball. So we got to give her some shit about that. Uh, we'll bring her on to answer your guys' questions right after this.
All right, welcome back. And we are thrilled to be joined by one of my favorite players in the NFL, Demarius Randall, cornerback uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And a guy who, when you were coming out of Arizona State, I remember talking to you and no one believed us that you were going first round. And then, <laughs> sure enough, you kept telling me, I'm going first round, man. I'm going first round. And and you you called your shot and ended up in the first round. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely, man. Good, good times back in the days. So you're having so a Demarius, sorry, go yeah, ahead. You're having a you're having a, a monster season, your best yet. What's been different? If is there been anything different for you, or is it all just kind of naturally clicking? Well, I mean, it is. I mean, it is a mixture of naturally is uh, naturally clicking, uh, being healthy, um, and also, I mean, the balls are the balls are coming my way a little bit more this year. You know. Watching your matchup Sunday against Deshaun Jackson, and this is something that hasn't got enough love because you know how the NFL is like stuff gets crazy and stories get lost quickly. You held him to two catches, and that's a, I mean, that's a prolific wide receiver core they have there uh, when Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. Jameis was back healthy this week. So, what was that matchup like against someone who is one of the best route runners in the game? He's incredibly quick. How do you match up with someone like that and shut him down? Uh, well, I mean, uh, he's probably one of the fastest guys I've faced up in my career, most definitely. Um, uh, just kind of, uh, you just kind of got to give your hats off to him. I mean, he's a great, uh, he's a great, great receiver. But I mean, uh, I just kind of did my film study, and I think, um, um, I just kind of took away some of the things that he was like doing very, very well, which was taking the top off uh, a lot of the defenses and um. And my and my defensive coordinator trusted me to be one on one backside with him, and, um, and I just answered the call Sunday night. So, speaking of a good receiver like Deshaun Jackson, a guy that's been around a while, this is your third season in the NFL. Now, you've seen a plenty of good quarterback and wide receivers. Who do you think is the best duo that you've gone up against so far? Uh, the best duo I have to say, Big Ben and AB. Um, they just yeah. have to chemistry <laughs> together. That uh, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter if he's double team, triple team. I mean, uh, Big Ben has faith in him, and and AB got faith that the ball is gonna be where it's supposed to be. Yeah, AB's ridiculous. Like he's kind of on a different level <laughs> as far as guys who are just fast and instinctive and he could change direction so fast i don't know how anyone... yeah and his body control with the ball up in the air is probably is is probably bar none and best probably the best in the league for sure so speaking of best in the league this is a great transition for us you play with a guy a lot of people think is the best quarterback in the nfl and aaron Rodgers. i know he's been hurt this year hopefully we're gonna see him back for a little playoff run do you have any good Aaron Rodgers stories? Like, what's he what's he really like behind closed doors? Aaron Rodgers has to be no lie, probably the coolest, the 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 coolest guy that I know. I mean, I mean, quarterback wise, I mean, he's, I mean, he's he's very very competitive. He's down to earth. He jokes with you. I mean. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just, I mean, when I first came up in the league, I mean, uh, I I have met a couple quarterbacks prior uh, before me, and I mean, uh, I didn't know how Aaron was going to be, but I mean, he's, I mean, he's probably one of the best teammates that you can ask for, to be honest. All right, Demarius, we're giving you the floor because you've had such a good year. It seems like every week PFF is tweeting out that you're not allowing really anything to come your way, and when it does, you've been shutting it down. 
Why should our listeners for the Stick to Football podcast vote you into the Pro Bowl this year? Uh, well, I mean, um, the last seven, eight weeks of the NFL season, I mean, I feel like I've been one of the best corners up in the league. And I mean, um, um, and I know, I mean, uh, people really don't, don't, don't look at it unless I have the picks and unless I have this, but I mean, I feel like I have the picks and I have everything. And I mean, um, I just feel like I've been shutting down my side of the field and I've been asked to go in the slot to cover. I've been covering in the slot. I just covered outside last week. And I mean, I just feel like I can do it all. It seems like, and I know corner, probably corner more than any other position. Cause there, there's not a whole lot of stats other than interceptions. It seems like it's a reputation based game. So like, Patrick Peterson's going to get in, and he's a damn good corner. But it's harder for guys like yourself or Marshawn Lattimore, who's having a great year, or Jalen Ramsey, or like A.J. Boy last year, who came out of nowhere and had a shutdown year. It seems like it's harder for corners unless you guys, like, unless almost unless you like get out there and talk a little bit for people to be like, Talk shit. That's yeah, it. Okay, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's what you got to do. Yeah, this, this guy's having a really good year, and, and you're kind of quiet. So it, you definitely got to. I don't know. You might have to get in a fight or something, you know, just to get some love because that, that seems good. Everybody's doing right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. But I mean, um, uh, but you know that you got to pay, but you got to pay respect to guys like Patrick Peterson. I mean, they've been doing it for so, so long. And I mean, uh, uh, I don't even think guys target him much. So, I mean, um, he definitely probably wouldn't have the stats that like a guy like me or Casey Hayward would have come in. Uh, coming in year in and year out, but I mean, um, uh, but just kind of hats off to him. But I mean, um, uh, with that being said, I mean, your first Pro Bowl is always your hardest one. And I mean, I was talking to, and I was talking, and I was talking to Casey Hayward, and um, and me and him is really, really good, and we're and we're real, real good friends. And I mean, um, uh, we just kind of looking forward to uh, probably maybe celebrate my first Pro Bowl, his second one together. What's crazy is you look at guys like, you know, you were with Casey in Green Bay for a little bit. Micah Hyde is second in the NFL in interception. So it's you, Casey, and Micah Hyde, and guys who are all on the same team for a little bit are all top three in interceptions <laughs> right now. It's crazy how that – it's really too bad you guys yeah. couldn't stay together. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, those guys' ball skills, I mean, love them. I mean, um, uh, it's, I don't think there's many guys up in the league that has ball skills like us three, to, uh, to be honest. I mean, uh, uh, just the way we can find a ball uh, and go up and get it, I, mean, I feel like um, uh, the quarterback starting to target us less because instead of having PBUs, we're getting interceptions. So, I mean, uh, man, quarterbacks don't like to turn the ball off. <laughs> That's true. We've seen the Packers thrive in December before, and a lot of people wrote you guys off when Aaron Rodgers went down with injury, but thanks to the defense, Brett Hundley, and a lot of things combined, that hasn't been the case. You guys are staying afloat. Is this a team that can kind of run the table to finish the season and hopefully snag a wild card spot? Yeah, um, I mean, we did it last year. I mean, uh, we was 4-6 and six last year, and um, I remember everybody just kind of throws out to the wolves just telling us we – that we just might as well tank for a top two draft pick. But I mean, uh, we ended up ripping off eight straight and um, having a chance to play in the Super Bowl, but we ended up losing in the NFC Championship last year to the Falcons. But I mean, um, um, I mean, this year kind of like the same thing. So I mean, um, we, uh, we, are, we are definitely up in playoff mode and we are definitely looking forward to it. I mean, uh, it's fun, fun, exciting football. And I mean, everything 
is critical. Every player, every yard, every catch is critical now. So, I mean, um, the playoff football really excites me. Yeah, getting 12 back helps, right? I mean, that never hurts <laughs> when you got that guy on the other side of the field. Yeah, um, I mean, hopefully after uh, after this week versus the Browns, uh, uh, from what I've been hearing, uh, hopefully he should be coming back next week. So, I mean, uh, we just have to wait and see, I guess. All right, one thing we do with all our guests, man, we run them through, we call it the gauntlet. It's five questions, and it's kind of like just the first thing that comes to your mind. So have some fun with it. First question, we are, hey, we're, we're beer drinkers on this show, but you can go favorite cocktail if you want. What's your go-to beer or drink? Like when you're out, when you're going to celebrate your Pro Bowl uh, selection this year, what are you going to be celebrating with? Uh, Hennessy straight. Hennessy oh, straight. Oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> there you I go. That. <laughs> Did you see the story that came out this morning that the, the guys in Washington used to do pregame Hennessy shots and the, wow, really? and they fired their coach <laughs> and the new coach came in and shut it down and the guys were like, no, like <laughs> so, that's no fun. I can't imagine <laughs> pregame Hennessy, Hennessy shots. shots before game. I I'd be puking. Wow. <laughs> I'd probably that puke without great. the game. That's a, that's amazing, actually. <laughs> now, we're going to get a lot of good tweets sent your way uh, from our account to vote you into the Pro Bowl. But on the flip side, what's the meanest or most ridiculous thing you've ever been sent on Twitter? Um, I mean, I mean, you can name it. I mean, uh, last year I was I was playing a little hurt. So, I mean, um, I, I mean, I was probably playing at 60 percent. So I was I mean, I wasn't at my best last year sometimes. And I mean, um. I mean, I mean, guys call me bus and um, this should be my last game up in the league and this and that and, and yada, yada. Uh, I don't know how how you ever got into the league. Uh, you need to save all your money because you're going to be broke in a year. Um, Shit. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, I heard them all. I mean, but I mean, you know, I just smile at them because, you know, I mean, I was probably – I was probably that same guy talking crap about an NBA player maybe 10 years ago whenever I was freaking 14. So <laughs> I'm so glad it did. Like, there wasn't social media when I was 14, thankfully, because man, <laughs> I would get my ass beat. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what's the one game none of your friends could beat you at, whether it's a video game or like horseshoes or cornhole, whatever it might be? Um, I would have to say Madden 8. I am pretty um I'm pretty well equipped on both sides of the ball <laughs> in Madden eighteen. Um I play with the Titans. Um oh. they got a pretty unique offensive scheme that yeah. I like to run. Got mobile quarterback. That's yep, got the dual headed running backs because I run the ball most of the game. The score normally be like seventeen to three. Then I'll probably <laughs> beat somebody. They normally do not score much, you know. I got a Dorian Logan Ryan up on the outside looking really, real good. I know. So who who on the Packers would be your best matchup to play against? Can anyone beat you in that locker room? Um no, no, no. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> um Probably Devontae will probably be my best matchup, either Devontae or Richard Rodgers. Number four, stranded on a deserted island. Now you can't take a family member with you. Who who would you bring with you? Would you bring a dream girl or would you bring someone that you think will help you survive? I would bring a dream girl that would help me survive. I love that. <laughs> Do you have that's anyone perfect. in mind? <laughs> uh, oh, that's tough. Have one in mind. 
I mean, offhand, I would definitely say Rihanna. I mean, she seems like a real, real, uh, she seems like a real, real competitive person that has a nice beard, but I really don't know much about her outside of the stuff I hear up on blogs and stuff. So, but I would say I, I would definitely have to go with Rihanna. She well, you seems find out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought of two more questions, but we'll get to those in a second. Our last question is, we're very competitive as well, Connor and I. If you're eating a hot dog, do you put ketchup on it or mustard? Neither. Barbecue oh. sauce. Oh. oh, oh, that's a first. That is a we've first. Asked that, we've asked that to like 40 people, and we've never gotten that. Really? Yeah. 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 Is that a Florida thing, or is that just... It may thing. be. I mean, uh, well, I don't know. Um, I really don't typically. I never ate mustard probably once in my life. Um, and ketchup hardly ever, to be honest. All right. So I got to ask questions. The ones I, I told you, I just remembered because of you, like you, you helped hook me up with my favorite baseball player, Eric Hosmer. So I got to yeah. ask, are you a better baseball player or a better football player? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, healthy. If I'm if I'm 100 percent healthy, I'm a better baseball player. Really? Yeah. See, that's kind of scary. Then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I I definitely think um um I definitely think I'll be playing in the major leagues for probably in AAA or probably didn't probably got the call up to the major leagues by now. To be honest, if I was healthy. Well, my Royals could use you uh, if you decide that you want to <laughs> go D on a double dip. So what's Hosmer really uh, like? And do you know, is he coming back to Kansas City? Can you break some news here? We like, make my day here and tell me he's coming back? Well, I don't know if he's coming back, but um, I would say uh, he should be in for a big payday. Um, <laughs> if, if Kansas City is willing to pay a price for it, he will be back. I think he want to be there. Um, I think he loves me. I mean, um, he's a nice guy. I mean, uh, he's down to earth. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think there's many guys that are better people than Eric. Yeah, no, he's been cool every time I've talked to him. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Otherwise, man, <laughs> Royals are going to be bad next year. So <laughs> <laughs> they just won a World Series. Like what? Two years ago? I know. So there's some good greedy Royals fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try being a Mets fan. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't easy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not here for another 30 year rebuild. So. <laughs> yeah. Good, good point. Good I'll point. be 64. I don't need that. So. All right, man. Yeah. Thanks for your time and thank you. Uh, you're sending a, a team signed Packers football that I'm auctioning off for charity. So. Definitely appreciate that. You know, a lot of people don't realize the stuff you guys do behind the scenes to help out. So that's, it, you definitely deserve some credit for it. And vote Demarius into the Pro Bowl, everyone. Yeah, Randall done. Time on social media. Randall Time on all social media. There you go. But, uh, appreciate all the love, man. All right. Thanks, Demarius, man. thank you so much, man. All right, now take care. Welcome back to episode 35 of Stick to Football. That was Demarius Randall. A big thanks to him. Vote Randall time into the Pro Bowl. He's had a really under-the-radar season, and he's been awesome for Green Bay. One of the reasons that team is somehow staying afloat in the wild-card hunt, even without Aaron Rodgers right now. So 
It was great having him on. But now we're joined by someone else who is great, a volleyball superstar, our intern Kennedy for a little draft on draft. MVP. Yeah, you know, guys, I've just... I've been playing volleyball. You know, I'm basically the greatest of all time. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I hear some rumors that you've had some uh, recent accolades. Yeah, I was named Big Sky MVP, so that's really cool. That's awesome. We Ooh, will yeah. take you out to Ooh, celebrate damn. Mobile. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's right. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, um, so we get <laughs> we get some questions <laughs> on Instagram now, which is uh, really savvy by our listeners. I actually went back and checked if Matt like tweeted out like, hey, hit up our Instagram. And he he didn't even do that. The people just thought to do it. We get like a bunch. I get DMs on my own Instagram. So if you really want your question answered, go follow the Stick to Football Instagram. You can still leave them on iTunes. You could now DM us on Instagram. Um, I'm sure I'll regret saying that. <laughs> and you can still send them to us on Twitter. The only, so definitely the only scary thing is what that Melo has the login to that Instagram account. So Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, if you get yeah, a weird answer, um, <laughs> That's blame Mello. <laughs> that is not us. That is all yeah. mellow. Yeah. Okay, so first Instagram question is from Connor, and he asked, what would the effects be if they sold beer in two-liter containers like soda? Well, just to preface that, that was not me that asked the question, <laughs> but uh, Connor Leahy, so on Instagram, what would the effects be if they sold beer? In t- well, life would be a little easier, but I guess it would go That's bad would pretty think. quickly. You'd have to, You'd have to just... You'd have to bring it home and just pour it into everyone's cups right away. So if you have a party, two-liter beers seem like a pretty good idea. But you would think if it was practical, it would be done by now. Yeah, I'd I hope think the like the carbonation would be weird. But I'm up for the challenge of trying to shotgun a two-liter. So, wow, kind of kind of thinking oh, this yeah. might need to happen. Well, if anyone out there wants to make a two-liter of beer, <laughs> we might have home homemade it. We need stick to football stickers. Yeah. Is what we need, and we'll put it on an empty two-liter. I like that question. Okay, MT really Dudley. Really out of nowhere. Yeah. MT Dudley on Instagram asked, is there any player the Browns could trade for with one or both of their first round picks this year? Maybe Cousins? Oh, that's interesting. Cousins is probably the one that, or the one that you would think has the right value there. But I think the problem is that if you trade for Kirk Cousins or anyone who has a, an expiring or expired contract is, then you have to re-sign them. And I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to want to go to Cleveland at this point in his career and be part of a rebuild and sign long-term. So you would be trading on a massive gamble. You know, if, even if you traded for someone like Alex Smith, there's no guarantee that after next year when he's a free agent, he's going to want to stick around. So that's the... We talked a couple weeks ago about what would Peyton Manning going to Cleveland mean, and it would give you the legitimacy that, okay, well... If I'm Kirk Cousins or, you know, Alex Smith or whomever, Tyra Taylor, this is actually a situation where I want to be, where we could actually like win some ball games. So that's I think that's where you're at right now. Is it's just so hard to convince people that that's somewhere you want to be long term. Yeah, I think it was an interesting question because kind of the way he laid it out was, hey, we got all these picks. Maybe we should move some of them for proven players already to just get instant return. So I thought it was an interesting question. I think the problem is the NFL never really has a huge trade market. We did see a couple interesting moves this past offseason and summer. Obviously, Sheldon Richardson getting moved for a two was one of them. But when you look at it... I don't. I agree with Matt that this isn't a landing spot for Kirk Cousins. I, I think the landing spots for Kirk Cousins are not that broad if he if he doesn't hit the free agent market, which he won't. He'll get the franchise tag probably again from Washington, 
And then teams that might look to trade for him, although the price just might be too much, would be Jacksonville, the New York Jets, or a couple. Maybe the Denver Broncos get in the mix. But the cost is big, and I think Cousins is pretty vocal right now. That I don't know if he wants to be in Washington, but unfortunately I don't think he'd want to be a part of Cleveland right now. They'll probably sit tight. I'm still saying they probably, no matter who's in there, they probably take Sam Darnold number one overall and BPA with that other number one. So Richard Royal is relatively new watcher of football, and he wants to know how important is quarterback passer rating versus blitz as a stat. So, like generally speaking, stats are great with context. So that's a really cool stat, and it it gives you a snapshot of the player, right? So you'd be like, okay, well, this guy handles pressure well, but I want to know what he does. With the ball, like what is his pass rating good because he's chucking it up to a Mike Evans type receiver who's bailing him out? Or is it good because he's poised or athletic? So I'm assuming this is about Baker Mayfield because I think pro football focus came out with a stat that he's like unstoppable versus the blitz. And if you so you take that stat and apply it to what we've seen watching film. And I think you can be very impressed by his poise and ability to move his feet and his ability to make throws off-platform, on-the-move, like that's the kind of thing that you would want to combine that with so that you get an understanding of what the player can do. Yeah, I like the overall one. PFF has done a really nice job of quarterback charting where they show versus the blitz and also versus pressure because the blitz can be picked up and a quarterback can be kept clean. But I think when a quarterback is thriving against the blitz, it shows that he's seeing things before the snap, and that's just, to me, that's very impressive. So I like it more than most quarterback stats because I think it like Matt said it it does really paint a picture for you and it tells you a deeper story than just like hey this guy's thrown 20 touchdowns 10 picks and is completing 60 percent of his passes it's saying well what's going on in front of him and and how is he thriving through difficult scenarios Dylan Johnson asked my favorite question this week in an all-out fight to death which NFL team and position group is left standing that's an amazing oh wow (laughs) That is so good. After last oh, night, it might be man. the Steelers uh, receivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Juju Ooh. is. Juju came into Bleacher Report about a week and he's a half unreal. ago. And it's amazing he just turned 21 years old. It's like unbelievable. And when he's around, he really does act like a yeah. kid. But you see him on the field and he's a grown ass man. I. That's not my oh, answer, by the way. I think. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I think um, I wouldn't want to mess with the Vikings front seven. I, I think they're terrifying. That's one that, I mean, there's got to be a couple offensive lines. Uh, so too. that was mine. The Raiders offensive line. I was going to say oh, Osamele yeah. is a killer. I'm, an absolute uh, and killer. Gabe Jackson? Fuck. Oh, my no. God. Okay, yeah. that's a I'm good answer. i fighting yeah, the Raiders they're, offensive they're line. Scary. No way. Very scary. Yeah, hard pass. I love that question. That is good. That's I a know. really good one. You guys should answer that again maybe Friday. I want to actually hear what, uh, <laughs> what Mello says. What, what Mr. Mello thinks. He's probably going to pick his boy Justin Tucker. Just probably. That Raven of special course. teams. Yeah. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd pick Raven special teams. Okay. Ryan T207 on iTunes asked, who is the best small school prospect you've scouted? Ooh, Carson Wentz. I would say Carson Absolutely. Wentz. I mean, I've I've only been going to get to see these guys live for about, I guess this will be like three full years. And so Carson Wentz for me was like, you see him in person, you're like, this guy's not a small school guy. This is an NFL player at the senior bowl. So yeah, I would say Carson I Wentz. Think I'm trying to think of pe- a more yeah, dark, dark people horse ask answer. ask that though, question for looking for like 
you know, this like steal, but they forget that like Carson Wentz and I would even say Josh Allen's a small school guy, but to go like super yeah. deep, Dylan Cole last year at linebacker from Missouri State. It's a good one. And like, yeah, I'm being yeah. a homer because, you know, he's an hour away, but he now starts for the Texans. So I liked Tariq Cohen last year. I, I didn't think he was going oh, as yeah. early as you he did went. Like I thought he, I was like, hey, I was like, I found this guy that's going to get undrafted and probably make an NFL <laughs> roster because he's so quick. And then it's like, holy shit, no, the NFL actually thinks he's like a fourth round player. Back to Carson, Carson Wentz. Uh, do you guys see the resemblance between him and the Prince? Oh, yeah. They oh, legit look identical. That graphic it's the other night during the game was like, yeah, okay, I see it. Yep, I see it now. <laughs> the Eagles do a really good job, too, joking about it on their social media. Teams got to run away with that stuff. We don't yeah. need to know the. We don't need to know like the halftime score of the game. Let's just have some fun on Twitter. So your guy Anthony Mongaluzzo asked if Josh McDaniels takes over in New York, how would he go about changing the culture for the Giants? I think a lot of it is who does he uh, hire as defensive coordinator? Because I, I I see more of the problems on that side, you know. Of gosh, these you know they've had what three corners suspended this year. Landon Collins looks awful this year and he's not a bad player he just looks unengaged so I think it's installing a, a an atmosphere where the players feel valued you just benched a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback so I, I think the players have to feel respected and trusted so and and you don't want to go too far you know you don't want to become a player's coach where they can walk all over you but I think one thing McDaniels can do is you know, have his players feel like he's receptive and like responsive to the things that he's trying to do. And then on the other hand, players respect winners. You can be the biggest dick in the world, like Bill Parcells, and your players are going to love you if you win. Yeah, Belichick's, but his players love him because once you're winning, your players are like, oh yeah, like, no, Bill's great. He's just like, it's a dry humor. You guys just don't get it. You know, and they start to defend a guy who's like a, a, cardboard box in terms of personality so i think that's the the trick is listen to your players and then go win ball games yeah winning brings obviously good energy and winning also brings more money to players we always see super bowl rosters get poached with insane contracts and free agency so of course that uh, completely adds up it also goes back to my argument and i was really hammering the mcdaniels point home but a guy like Vrabel, i think also brings in that element to a locker room so it's a really good question because the Giants need a culture change. This is a team that invested a top 10 pick into a guy like Eli Apple. And there's been a lot of off-the-field concerns with Eli Apple mentally in the New York tabloids. I know you always have to take things like that with a grain of salt. But me and Matt heard that stuff before the draft that yep. year. That yeah. you know maybe he's not the toughest guy or he's, he's just a guy too young and not ready for the NFL. It's clearly shown up the first two years. And you used a top 10 pick in him. I know the new regime coming in did not. But that doesn't mean you want him to be a wasted asset. You need someone to develop a player like him. Chase Hammies on iTunes asked, who do the Giants go for if Darnold and Rosen are gone? Well, right now they would have the second pick. So we don't have to worry about that so much. But if they somehow manage to win some ballgames between now and well in the next four weeks, Ugh, man, I guess I guess you would think about Connor Williams from Texas at left tackle just because Eric Flowers th- is not any good. I think they would take Josh Allen. I really do. And it, I know it's like a blind dart because we don't know who's making yeah. the pick. But I just think this is a team that, uh, go back to my quote, I can only say it 50 million times per week, you only pick at the draft every now and then unless you're the Cleveland Browns. You only pick at the top of it. Yeah. And the Giants have a chance to get the guy 
of their future. And whether that's risky or not, Allen is 100% a risky guy. I think that they will swing for the fences. If it were my job, like on the line, if they they want to come hire me to be the new GM and Darnold and Rosen are gone, I would take Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And you have time yeah. to go like Gino didn't look figure that out. The I know they're playing a bad team, but Gino didn't look that bad. No, that went under the that went really under the radar this week. Gino did not play that no, bad. No, he really didn't. And I know Gino gets shit on all the time, but I will take the side of the the fence there that Gino was right with what he said about Rex Oh, Ryan. without a doubt. And absolutely. That's, that's bullshit what Rex did. You know, all that bullshit. And Gino came out and said, I know they changed it to I saved his job. Gino came out and said, we saved his job that year. And as somebody that was very close in the New York market that year, I can tell you that is 8,000% correct. They did because nobody in hell expected that team to go 8-8. Eight and eight, And it was the only reason Rex Ryan got one more year. So he could take a backseat for a little while on comments on Gino Smith. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired Rich? of the Ryan brothers. No joke. <laughs> Rich Pano just sent this question in. Do you scout bowl games differently than regular season games due to the extended time off or unique atmosphere? So not because of the atmosphere, but yes, because of the matchups. So I know I've said before, I love marquee matchups. Like um, like when Harold Landry played Notre Dame, it's like, okay, so it's going to be Harold Landry against Mike McGlinchey. That's a premier matchup. We can learn a lot from that. Uh, so with bowl games... You know, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, like for uh, Mika Fitzpatrick against a Clemson offense that can just run the ball so well. That's going to be a great matchup because we've seen him play some slot and we've seen him walk up as almost a strong safety. So to see his versatility, to see how well he handles a mobile quarterback, how well he handles the outside run. I think that's the kind of matchup that you like you live for. And the same for Rashawn Evans, the middle linebacker for Alabama. The same for Mitch Hyatt, the left tackle at Clemson. Like these are the games that you just, you do want to see how a guy handles better competition because you don't always get that when, you know, Clemson's playing Citadel and Alabama's playing Mercer. So this is like, yeah. you know, big versus big. So, and like for your boys, you know, for Oklahoma, um, that's that's going to be one hell of a game. And just another so another excited. shot for Mark Andrews, who's always open somehow. Another you know game for Baker Mayfield to prove himself. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, and Okoronkwo gets to face a, you know a pretty good offensive line. Obviously, I think the matchups answer is absolutely perfect because in in my eyes, we get so many weird narratives. One being, hey, the Big Twelve quarterback, like who the hell is in the NFL <laughs> that's a, you know successful? That's a Big Twelve quarterback. Well, Baker Mayfield gets to play Georgia. Okay. So does that narrative go away if he lights up Georgia? I personally, it should, he lit up Ohio State, a, a pretty like, yeah, and that's a good point <laughs> too. Like we've already that. seen, people do forget yeah. about that. For all, and uh, I was glad Alabama got in, but that's a whole other topic. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> it it can kill narratives. I think is a really good point because we get to see really strange matchups that you don't get to ever see during the regular season. That's what's fun about bowl season. For the guys that will play in their bowl games. Yeah, unless you went to the University of Texas, in which case you're not going to play in your bowl game at The all. whole team yep. left. <laughs> whole team is leaving. Could you imagine being a freshman that, di- that didn't play all year or anyone that didn't play all year and you're playing in their bowl game? God. Because everyone's They're going to be so young next year. As a fan, I'm it's terrified. Gonna, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's going to be crazy. And to bury the lead at the end of the show here, I have 
more players from Texas asking for grades, and these are guys who would legitimately go undrafted, and they're asking for a draft grade this year. So wow, man, I I already know who one yeah. of them is just because I know he's he's hit me up before. So it's so man, there's players love to leave early, man, and it's not always no, good. It's not it's good. Not. So, well, guys, that's all of the questions this week for this week's draft on draft. Awesome, oh, that was a good blast. Show. Another good week. Another loaded. Yeah, it was a fun so show. We should remind. And what do you people, guys got going on for Friday, Matt? Uh oh, God. Uh, Friday is going to be an oh, interesting God. show. We have not decided which team we're fixing yet. Because we were kind of waiting for the draft order to shake out, but um, we're going to do questionable calls like always. Uh, the guys wanted to talk some about the senior bowl quarterbacks and dive in deep there. Uh, we're going to do a just a top five segment on top five hangover cures, which uh, will be oh. applicable um, as the holiday season approaches and mobile season yeah, approaches. I, and mobile, yeah, we need that. Yeah, and then I found a new one. Oh, I think. well, if you want to, there's this thing. Yeah, this guy from Tesla left Tesla and made this company called Morning Recovery. And I've never wanted a sponsor more in my life. He made like a drink that you drink when you get home called Morning Recovery. And people are claiming it it is a miracle maker. So Morning Recovery, uh, hook up, stick to football and and save our lives. I have an idea right now because I really want to try it. Let's buy a bunch, take it to Mobile, and we'll try it out and let people know if it works. Done. Done. Done I'll deal. put it on the, the Bleacher Report card. I'm sure they're fine with this. So. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, All right. Man. Yeah, it's going to be a fun show Friday. Um, as always, if you want both podcasts each week, you can subscribe on iTunes. Also in the Bleacher Report app, you can follow or uh, subscribe to the stream there and you'll get notifications every time the podcast comes out. So if you're an Android user or you just hate the iTunes podcast interface like I do, the Bleach Report app is a, a great alternative to be able to find it every week, right when it comes out on Wednesday, right when it comes out on Friday. All right, guys. Another good show. I will catch up with you for episode 36 when we are still rolling with the Stick to Football podcast. I'll see you guys next week.